Well, as we move into the middle of March without a Pac-12 media deal, I think it can only mean one of probably two things. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already, wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh, so... Here we are, March 10th, and we don't have a media deal. Did I think we'd have it by now? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of did. But I think it means one of two things. I'll start with the view that most of you, or at least most of you that comment. I don't know about everybody that views because, you know, you get... Anyway, so the view that I bet most of you are more on the side of is Pac-12 not having a deal right now, meaning if and when it does get announced, it's going to stink. Because the most logical, not only scenario, but I think the most logical uh, scenario for the Pac-12 here is they don't have a deal right now. Because if they had a deal that they really, really liked, they would have announced it. They would have signed it. They, They would have it at this point in time. So I think that's a pretty easy take. And I think it's entirely possible and I think it's more likely, and also, you know, not being good, being bad, the deal stinks, it's this, that, and the other thing, eh, that's all relative. Depends on, you know, where they can actually get to from a dollar figure standpoint. But not having it right now is not a great sign. But allow me to be, as I have been for the last couple months, as many of you know, the optimist here. There is a possibility, and I don't think, like I would say it's, 80-20, that it's probably closer to, yeah, it's not going to be the amount of, of money per school that, that we would like or that the schools would like to have. But the other possibility is that George Klyavkov, who's gone completely radio silent, I'll touch on that in a moment, is working on something that nobody sees coming, that they're just avoiding all the leaks, and it's going to completely take us by surprise. And there have been no reports, no speculation, no nothing. Someone will be involved and it'll be a deal better than any of us, myself included, think the conference could actually go get. That is entirely possible. Is it as likely? I don't think so, no. Because that would require someone, I don't know who, you don't know who. No one had ever, I, I hadn't speculated about Ion Television on here before. Until a rumor came out. Like that, that's what I'm talking about. Is a player like that who nobody is really expecting to be involved. Because I think the most likely outcome for the conference here is ESPN and Amazon or Apple. I would st- I still think Amazon is the better place to be, but both are clearly possible ba- based on the reporting that we've seen to this point. But that's the that's the the silver lining. For, for Pac-12 optimists, glass half whole people out there is 
Maybe he's working on something, George Klyovkov, that we don't know, we have no inclination about, involves people that we haven't heard any discussions, and then it's gonna, it, it's all going to come out at one point in time. Do I think that's as likely? Probably not. Probably not. The most likely scenario here is they wanted a certain dollar figure. But this is, again, the question. The most likely scenario that's happening right now, why they don't have a deal, is they wanted a certain dollar figure. They weren't able to get it, and they're trying to get closer to that number. The question is, what is that number? Are they trying to get to 30 and can't get it? Are they trying to get to 40 and can't get it? Are they trying to get to 35 and can't get it? Are they trying to get to 28 and can't get it? We don't know. Like Anybody who comes to the comments says, no, it's going to be in this range. Nobody knows. I mean, I mean, literally, as I've been hosting this show for the last couple of months, there was a report that came out before I taped an episode that was then contradicted by another reporter an hour later, right? And it was the Ion Television thing. Brett McMurphy said this. Dennis Dodd, I think it was, said that. Or Stuart Mandel, The Athletic. This stuff, I, I really don't think as many people know things as I don't think certain people know as many things as they think they do because there's just so much conflicting information. It's just going all over the place. But I want to talk about the timeline here because I saw something, I think it was from, I think it was from the Washington State president. It might have been in his comments. It might have been somebody else. Somebody can correct me in the, in the comments. But he was saying, yeah, you know, absolute end date, and he was on the record, would be like beginning of April. And I would be, let's just say, <laughs> irritated if this thing goes all the way to April 1st. And my thinking was they wanted to get the deal done before the men's basketball tournament, right? Because then you have, like the, like the Pac-12 is just taking body blows from a perception standpoint. It's not actually changing the reality on the ground of what they're going to be get for the, what they're going to be able to get for their media rights deal. But they're taking body blows. Like Reese Davis is out there mocking the Pac-12, saying, oh, this school could go here, or that, this, that, and the other thing, right? So that, that's just happening over and over again. But George Klyavkov has taken a very clear, distinct approach here, which is he's not going to say anything. And a couple of you out there were wondering why this particular channel has been so quiet this week. First of all, it's obviously because I'm a Pac-12 fan. That's the way that we're choosing to operate at this point in time. We just go quiet. You know, that's, that's the way we do it. The serious answer, for those of you who are taking me far too seriously in that particular statement is I was in Disney World, and I had a planned absence this week. But it was pretty funny that it just correlated, it just happened to correlate and line up with the Pac-12 still trying to get its deal and the conference making a concerted effort to go silent. George Klyovkov said he's not going to do a press conference at the men's basketball tournament. There have been no further communications, really. You know, presidents have done uh, some interviews here and there, but... The, the last major comments that really came out were from the former Pac-12 coaches expressing concern. I talked about them last week on the show about where the Pac-12 is and where it could end up going. But we've heard nothing from George Klyovkov. We've heard, you know, a couple interviews from presidents or athletic directors, but there hasn't been a major push. The only guy, Utah's athletic director actually clapped back at Dennis Dodd on Twitter 
I think it was yesterday, when Dennis Dodd reported, you know, the Big 12 is ready to pounce on the four corner schools if the Pac-12 can't get it done. And he quoted the tweet and said, give me a break. That is the Utah athletic director. He's been like the most vocal, but that's really it. So I think the Pac-12, again, going back to that silver lining potentially that could be coming for the league, they're sitting there and maybe they do have a deal that's better than everybody is talking about. And they're content to just be quiet, to just let everybody talk. You take a perception hit. For, for the conference, which has certainly happened amidst all these negotiations, and then you roll something out and you catch people off guard. That's clearly the approach that George Klayovkov is going with. Is that going to be effective? It's all going to depend, as always, on what the deal actually is. But the timing at this point, I, I did not. If you told me back in December, hey, you're still going to be talking about the media deal in you know just about the middle of March, I'd say, what are you talking about? Middle of March, things should be wrapped up by February. So I'm most curious to see what uh, what what happens on that particular front. Um, I really got a good laugh. Apparently, someone over on Locked On Big Twelve was asking why I'd been silent all week and whether or not that was because the Pac-12 had been silent. Let me just say, if that person's listening or watching, if I were that connected to the Pac-12, I would be so thrilled. If, if we were coordinating our messaging like that and they were telling me what they want me to say, that would be great. But I assure you that is uh, not happening at this point in time. Uh, timeline. Yeah, did not, uh, did not expect that. But what could it be? What might it look like? Well, I'll tell you what it would look like if you went to FanDuel and started gambling because you could win money there. You can also get no sweat first bets up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. We're past the midway point in the NBA season. March Madness is right around the corner. I mean, Selection Sunday is two days away. That's like, oh, Christmas morning for somebody like me. We're going to be ramping up the basketball talk. If you've got any questions, by all means, drop them below. But FanDuel can let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. They've got everything that you need. So don't miss your chance to get no sweat. First bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. By the way, if you hear like just a hint of raspiness in my voice on today's show, um, that is Disney World correlated. It turns out there are some fantastic thrill rides at Disney World and Universal down there. And four days of going on them, there was some yelling involved. You know, it was uh, awesome. Guardians Cosmic Rewind is the greatest ride in the history of the world. I will not be taking questions at this time. Actually, I would. If you got a question about Disneyland or Disney World and rides and all that sort of stuff, I'm here for it, by all means. YouTube comments, Twitter, you know how to get in touch with me. So, timeline here. I, I think the Pac-12 would like, would like and will are two very, very different questions and statements to, to ponder. I think they would like to have a deal 
before March Madness begins. Because my thinking on the conference tournament was, well, you don't want people tuning and watching and just thinking about that all the time. But that is magnified when it comes to March Madness because you've got a humongous, the entire sports world is watching March Madness. And the Pac-12 basketball, which is actually doing some nice things for itself as a league at the moment. There was a point in time, remember, it looked like we were going to have two teams in the big dance. Now it looks like it's going to be four, and it could be five, depending on how the Oregon-UCLA game goes uh, later this afternoon. No, later tonight. So, yeah, fascinating stuff there, but I'll get to that. Going into March Madness, conventional wisdom would tell you, my instinct would tell you that the conference would like to have a deal so that people can stop speculating and just watch the basketball and feel okay and you can calm the waters and all this sort of stuff. But George Klyavkov, go back to what I was talking about a few minutes ago, has actively pursued radio silence. There have been pretty few leaks. We don't know a lot, which is why people are left to speculate. And this thing, from a PR standpoint, is just spiraling out of control for the Pac-12 because they're not giving us anything. So we're going to really learn how much he doesn't care about what people say, what they talk about in the presence and all that sort of stuff. Because if they don't have it going into the pack, the, the, in a March Madness, then he's just saying, I, I don't care about the PR hit. The deal will speak for itself, which to some extent is true. Like I can actually see what his thinking is there. It's that, look, at the end of the day, if we've already taken a major PR hit, and, you know, they were putting out some statements. There was the, you know, unity statement from the 10 remaining Pac-12 presidents, and there were, you know, comments from the Oregon State Athletic Director, or President, and the Washington State President, and the Arizona State Athletic Director, right? There was that sort of stuff, but that's all quieted down. Meaning that they're just content to let it fester and say, you know what, we just, we don't even care. We don't want to fight that battle. This is the actual battle over here. And I mean, I would say that can you walk and chew gum in the same time? But if you can and you feel like you need to just be directing all your efforts towards getting the deal right, which is obviously more important than the perception of the league because the perception of your league is then going to shift when the deal gets announced, if it's better or worse than people were expecting. But you've allowed them to set their own expectations by going with you know, just complete and utter radio silence here. So I, I think it's an in- interesting place for them to be. But the level of care that the conference has is going to be put on full display. And I, I tend to lean towards, based on what we've seen so far, it could go to April 1st. It, 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 it could. I imagine they'd get it done by the end of March. But heck, I thought they would have had it done probably by end of January, early February, that was somewhat of a consensus expectation to at least be in that sort of window. No one expected it to be pushing into the middle of March. But George Klyavkov and, and the conference might feel, well, you know, we're, we're already that far over the edge. Like, we're, we're past the point of no return from a perception standpoint, so why even bother? Like, what, like what, what does it matter when the deal, this is what he might be thinking, what does it matter when the deal gets announced as long as the deal is good enough? He's, he's kind of got a point there. Kind of got a point. Okay, let's talk some basketball. So, two semifinal games today. 
And the conference did itself a lot of favors in the last week because there was a point in time. It was not that long ago here on the show where it looked like there were going to be potentially just two Pac-12 teams in the big dance, Arizona, UCLA, their locks. But Arizona State was on the bubble. USC was on the bubble. And now USC got some wins coming down the regular season. And they were a top three, or the, yeah, they were the number three seed in, in the conference tournament. Arizona State, the sixth seed, beats them. They play Arizona today, and Oregon plays UCLA in the semifinal. But USC is not even on the bubble anymore. According to Joe Lenardi, whose latest bracketology came out earlier today, USC is squarely in the field. They're good. And that's updated today after the Arizona State loss. So USC's in. That's three. Arizona State has been on the bubble fighting to get in, beating USC, beating Oregon State's not doing a lot for you, but you avoid disaster and give yourself a chance to play USC. They played very well, and it looks like they're going to be one of the teams that gets in. And certainly, if they beat Arizona today, that'd be a, a lock. But quite literally, that half-court shot by Arizona State could be the reason they get into the tournament this year. Could 100% be the reason that they do that. So, those four look to be in. USC is almost surely a lock at this point. Arizona State is in a good position. My my sleeper pick of, of Utah to make a run in the conference tournament, that didn't pan out very well. Washington State was red hot, but Oregon got it done yesterday, and now Oregon becomes interesting. And, and if, if you're the Pac-12, you want as many teams in. Like the Pac-12 conference, if you asked George Klyovkov and he was giving you an honest answer, who do you want to win the conference tournament tournament right now. It'd be Oregon because Oregon needs it the most. Here's the question though for the Ducks. Do they need to win the conference tournament or do they just need to beat UCLA? It would get them to 20 wins. They would have another top 10 win on on their resume. They picked up a nice win and actually got a little bit of a boost in the net ranking when they beat Washington State yesterday. It's interesting. It's interesting. And, and here's the thing. Going into that game against UCLA, which UCLA won both meetings this year against the Ducks. There is now an absence for UCLA that's quite notable. That's Jalen Clark. And ironically, it kind of reminds me of when Chris Boucher got hurt right before the NCAA tournament started for Oregon back in the 20, was that 16 17 season? And Oregon got all the way to the Final Four. If they'd add Chris Boucher, leaves you asking, what if? Now, I don't think Jalen Clark was as important to this UCLA team as Boucher was to the Ducks then, but it's still notable because he's a really good defender and he's a solid scorer. The good news for UCLA, though, is they've got a lot of guards. And the thing that's going to be interesting to watch in tonight's game, and you can see whether or not I'm right if you're listening to or watching this at a later time, how healthy is in Folly Dante for Oregon? Because he rolled his ankle late in the game against Washington State yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me, yesterday. That was really wispy. And if he is not able to be at least close to full strength, Oregon's a completely different team. And they're a much worse team because he is very, very good. First team all Pac-12 this year, and deservedly so. But UCLA and Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, I, <laughs> I tell you what, th there is a certain sense of poetic beauty to it being Arizona and Arizona State 
for a berth in the Pac-12 tournament championship game. Now, both are going to get into the tournament, or at least it seems. Arizona State would lock it up. Arizona is a no-brainer, but Arizona State would lock it up if they beat Arizona today. And the bragging rights, that could be immense. Could be absolutely immense. And Arizona State looked really good. Really, really good against USC. And Arizona played well against Colorado. Or, no, they didn't. UCLA played Colorado. Sorry, I'd cross that up. Arizona, I, I, I think, is really good. I don't know if they're great. And, and, and the question that, that I ask about them is not whether or not they've had built Bars, which they all should have because they're fantastic and delicious, but it's a different question I'll answer after I tell you why you should get your next order of built Bars. At built.com, your local Walmart or Sam's Club, They've got a bunch of great flavors, churro, mint brownies, my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They've got everything. They taste like a candy bar, but they've got amazing macros, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. They are really, really good. If you want a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built. Again, Built.com, local Walmart or Sam's Club. Go get your latest order of Built Bars today. So the uh, the question for for UCLA is or for for Arizona is how motivated are they? Because they're in the tournament, they're going to be a top seed. I don't think they can really change their standing. They're they're looking like a two seed, which is probably about right. I I, I think they want to win the Pac-12 conference tournament, but do they need to? Arizona State needs the game more. Oregon needs it more than UCLA, but both are inferior to the team they're playing. So it's an interesting dichotomy there, right, of motivation versus overall talent and team composition. But I, I think there's, I think there's some real spice to watch to watch in these games. And the Pac-12 could suddenly be looking at most five, but it looks like they're going to get four in. So the conference tournament has gone quite well for for the league because you want more teams in. It's more money for the conference, more exposure, opportunity, all that sort of stuff. And I, I think that's been uh, an unquestioned positive for the Pac-12. Um, interesting note about uh, some Pac-12 hoops here before I sign off for today. Jared Hass, according to John Rothstein, who is amazing, by the way, we sleep in May. Jared Hass will be returning to Stanford, who played well, beat Utah in the conference tournament this year, but then came up short against Arizona. And I, I, I'm just not. I'm not sure. They they played exceptionally well down the stretch, but they were so terrible early, and you're banking on that momentum carrying over. You can't really add transfers at Stanford, and I, I I would not have brought him back just because I look at the results and say, what what exactly do you have to go on here? I mean, it's been a few seasons. It's not working, but Stanford wants to bring him back. I, I guess we'll see, but that's got that's got to be the top hot seat coach going into uh, going into next year. Uh, coming into this year, Mark Fox was the top hot seat answer, or, or was the answer to the question, which coach is on the hot seat the most? Mark Fox turns in one of the worst Power Five years in recent memory. There was Oregon State last year. That was Cal this year. Yeah, that uh, Cal has moved on. They're going to get a new coach, thankfully, uh, not just for Bears fans, but for the Pac-12. Like it, it's a bad look 
when you have your bad teams being so awful. It is it is not a good look. Like, look at the Big 12. The bottom of their conference is like Texas Tech and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Those teams would be middle of the pack in the Pac-12 on, on, on question. So it's, it's, it's good for the conference. It's good for Cal. I don't know how attractive that job is. I mean, it is a power five opportunity. So there's always going to be some ingrained level of attractiveness to it. But, man, there was a story recently about, you, you know, the, the facilities and the money and the commitment there just not being even close to up to standard. And I'm interested to see who they can hire, what you can do, and how you try and turn around a job like that. I mean, three and something. I mean, it was it was a mess. So they've moved on from Mark Fox. I think that's the right move. I, I thought Stanford would do the same, especially with a Stanford grad and Mark Madsen killing it at Utah Valley. I thought they might go in that direction, but I guess not. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next week. Have a wonderful rest of your day.